We spoke about the different middos, how we can direct our tefillah to the different middos, which is pile at that particular time. And that's how we understood that you don't just refer to HaGadosh Baruch Hu. In Shmuel says, you do by every bracha as Melech HaOlam. Because Melech HaOlam is general, the king. The king can act in lots of ways. And in Shmuel you want to be more specific. So rather than just saying in general Melech HaOlam, we define the different ways the king can choose to act. And we define them as Elikei Avram, Elikei Yitzchok, Elikei Yaakov, the different ways he learned from the Ovis of how to speak to Hashem because it represents the different ways how HaKadosh Baruch chooses to act towards us. Now, when you start to describe Hashem, so really we must learn first the Gemara. And the Gemara says about a certain person who got up to Davin and he tried to use every praise and description he could. Hakel, Hagizuz, Hanayra, Hagibor, Arachum, this and this and this, carried on, carried on, until eventually he ran out of things to say. And when he finished, so the Gemara says, I think it was Hanina told him, Siyam to Kudash Shvachad Demara, he finished all the praise of Hashem, that's all you have to say. So he said, that's all I know. So Rukhunina says, if you don't know enough, you better say nothing. It says, uh, to, to try and fully praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when you aren't able to do that, is very minimizing his praise. Oh, so why do we say anything? Why do we use any words of praise when we do? We say, HaKel HaGod HaGibar V'Naira. And the answer is, those are categories. It's really what Moshe Ben used in the Torah as well when he refers to Hashem. He calls him Akhela God Lagimra Vanera. But those are categories. It's not meant to be a exhaustive list of his qualities because that would never end and we don't claim to know enough to be able to try uh, explain all of Hashem's qualities. And therefore really it's 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 describing the middles through which you relate to Hashem. So what I want to talk about today is the first one, Hakel. Vishwanasra first we we mention each one briefly. We say we refer to Hashem as Hakel, Hagad, Hagimavanera, and then we go back and explain each of those three things one by one. So we go back and we say Kel, we meant Kel Elyon, Kel Elyon. What does the word Kel mean? Yes, it's the title of Hashem, but when do we use the word Kel? What does it refer to? So we understand the word Kel refers to power. Whenever we talk about something which is powerful, we talk about some. We, we use the word in Hebrew El, not referring to Hashem. Other things can be powerful too. And we talk about something that's being powerful, we use the, the appellation El. For example, it means the mountains which are strong. Or it's called what Rashi brings, which means all the powerful people in the world, or in the land. It's among those who are powerful. The word by itself means a source of power. And we talk to HaKadosh Baruch we talk to Hashem as Kel El Kel Elyon means the supreme power. Why is that the necessary Hakdama for Davide? So we mentioned this before in Hakdama, and now we're going through the Shemun Ezra, so we'll mention in just in brief the same you say it again. And that is, when the Koyach of Davining is the Bitachon in Davining. The Koyach in Davining isn't the words, it's the reliance that Hashem is going to help us. And therefore we're, we're Davining to HaKadosh Baruch because we're relying on Him to help us, and the more clear that is to us, that the more Kayach HaTvila has. And the first factor which we need to have Bitochan in Tvila, the first factor which we need to have in order to rely on our Davini, and it's the Dabu Pashat, is the fact that Hashem can help. The fact that Hashem can help, and the fact that Hashem wants to help. Because without either of those two factors, so 
so there's no point asking. For example, if a person has a medical problem and they go to their best friend, they go to their father, they go to someone who really cares about them, he says, please help me, it's a bit of a waste of time. Because as much as a person might want to help you, they aren't in a position to, that's not what they can do. Uh, similarly, if a person needs money, he goes to all his good friends and relatives and says, please help me, I need money. Again, if, as much as they might want to help, if they don't have the money to give him, so there's nothing they can do. So in order to ask somebody for something and rely on the fact that they're going to give it to you, you need two things. The first one is that they're able to help you. The second one is that they want to help you. Because you can go to the person who has the resources to help you. You know, you look in the <coughs> lists of who's, who, who's the richest 100 people in the world, and think, great, these people all can afford to help me. So we go ask them for money. And the truth is they could help you, but why should they? They don't know who you are. Why, they, why would they give you their money? And therefore, the, to ask for something and assume you're going to get it, you need both factors together. That a person wants to help you and that a person can help you. And that becomes the starting point of the way we talk to Hashem. The, the, the hakdama, before you ask for anything, is we're, going, we're clarifying why we're relying on Hashem to help us. And we say two things about Hashem. That He wants to help and then He can help. But this is, a, this is what we talk about afterwards. We say, Agadol vagibar. Gadol we talk about is Hashem's miras chesed, and He wants to help. Gibor is that He's strong and He can help. So what's the difference between the term Kel, which means power, and the term Gibor, which means strong? They sound to us to be very similar. They sound to us to be very similar. So well, why, why are we defining as two different things? And your first Hashem is both. Akel, Agadol, Gibor. Isn't Gibor, which means strong, the same as Kel, which means powerful? Well, what's the difference between them? What's the difference between them? So, the answer is that when we refer to Hashem as Kel, we, and as we explain in ourselves, we call him Kel Elyon. Kel Elyon. Which means that Gibar might define Hashem being strong, that he's stronger than something else, he's stronger than anything else. When we talk about Kel, uh, we talk about that's the supreme power, which means Hashem's decision is, is, is binding. Nothing can argue with that. And that's the first point. The first point is, we refer to Hashem, Hashem, we're asking you because there's no higher authority. There's no higher authority. And if Hashem wa- wants something to happen, so no one can disagree with that. No one can have a second opinion. No one can dis- disobey. And that's the first point. Because, like we said before, as much as you can ask someone to help you, and they agree to help you, and they're able to help you, but if they can be prevented from helping you by something else, then it doesn't help. So, for example, if you go to the rich uncle, and he actually has the money, he's willing to help you, he says, okay, I'll make you a transfer of a million dollars tonight. He tries, I'm sorry, the bank doesn't allow it. So as much as he wants to and he can, if there's something else which can interfere, it's not going to work. And therefore the first point you say, you the ultimate power. Which means no one can disagree with you. No one can argue, no one can say anything different. And that's the Hemona in Tefillah. Now, there's an important point to understand here. And that is, you spoke about this in Hemona Vahadimalat, the the concept of Avadizara was to look for alternate alternate sources to connect to a spiritual power and to get what they wanted. And the technique that Avadizara used, however they did it, was to either use a malach or something else spiritual and try and get what they could from some source other than Hashem. 
now's not the time to explain the mechanics of how the desire works. But the point of what I wanted to get to, and that is that the difference between the Havdil, a person who would worship Avedazara, or Avedaz Hashem, is there's no bitachim in Avedazara. There's no guarantees. Because even if a person thinks he has a way to try and channel something spiritual, to try and access a malach or some other spiritual kayach and get from it, that's not the ultimate power. Akadosh Baruch can prevent it. And the Ayat of Adazar knew that too. There was a certain amount that could be successful, but there's no guarantees because if Hashem stops it happening, it's not going to happen. And so even though some, and Akadosh the Gemara of Adazar asks, so why has Hashem ever let Adazar happen? And the Gemara's answer is, Hashem is not going to destroy the world because of the Shaitan we believe in Avodazar. They'll get punished for it one day. But in a case where Hashem decides, for whatever reason, that it's going to be uh, not what He wants for something to work through Avodazar, even if normally or other times that would have been something that Avodazar could achieve, Hashem will prevent it. There's nothing they can do. There's no guarantees. And where this was shown clearly, was Bahara Karma. Let's read. Let's listen to the story quickly about Bar Carmel and understand how this, how much of a feature this point is. Eliyahu challenges the four hundred or four hundred fifty Neviya Baal and Neviya Shera to a public contest. They're each going to bring a carbon, and we're going to see who can bring down the fire, and that will be the sign of of whoever the the true God is. And this was a public, so to speak, a public display of what's the truth. The entire class will gather to watch. Now you misunderstand something. You misunderstand something, and it's an important point to think about. And that is, the Neviah Baal agreed to this. The Neviah Baal agreed to the challenge. Why? It must be because they thought they could do it. If they knew Marosh, there's no way in the world we can, we can, we can win. So why did, they agree to the, why did they agree to the public disputation? Why did they put themselves in a situation where they knew that they were going to be disproven? Obviously they thought that whatever, whatever the Avedazar of Baal could do, they thought they could bring down a fire. That was, a, that was a safety technique. Because you can see that they did all kinds of things to bring a fire down. They weren't just relying on that. They did all the, like the, the Pasuk says. No, the Pasuk says that they did all the things they usually did, because whatever their rituals were, whatever they used to do, because they thought it would help. As a safety technique, they also put someone underneath as like to, to light a fire. But what's the what's the Kiddush? And that is that even though they thought this was something Avodah could do, but Lemaisa, if Hashem doesn't want her to do that, so then it's not going to be able to. And that's why Leon makes fun of them. Uh, he sees them trying and trying, nothing's happening. He says, come on, try it out, wake him up. Why? Because Eliyahu was convinced it's not going to work. Had they both brought a fire down, they wouldn't have proved anything. Had they both brought a fire down, they also brought a fire down, so what have you proved? So both of us can do it. Eliyahu Elio was convinced it's not that they're not going to be able to do it. They won't be successful. Why? Because Eliyahu was convinced that Kaddish Baruch is going to prevent Avodah Zarah working in this time. And even as other times could be Avodah Zarah could work, and either, even at other times it could be that they did have a certain kayak, but now when it's going to prove that Hashem will him, so now Hashem is going to step in and stop the Avodah Zarah working. And we find other times that the same principle happening too. It says at the time of the Khurban, Yemiyah kept warning them, if you serve Avodah Zarah, Hashem is going to bring a Khurban. And no one listened to him. And the reason was, because they thought, we know that way desire. We'll use that to protect us instead. They knew that they said, in this version of the Gemara, we know that we don't need their words, we don't need Hashem's protection, we can take care of ourselves. And what was the mistake? When Hashem wanted to bring the Chorban, He didn't let that way desire work. 
or in the Nashna Gemara, he, he stopped the uh, Malachim being, doing what their previous Tafkid was. Now they couldn't work with him. Which means that as much as Avda uh, Varzara could think that they had a Mahalach which could do something, the mindset's never guaranteed. It's never guaranteed because when Hashem sees fit to prevent it happening, He will. And that was not often the, the undoing of the Avda Varzara. They thought we could do something, they thought if that's the case, we can always do it. But there's no guarantee because HaKadosh Baruch can prevent it. And that's what is the first thing we say. HaKadosh Baruch is Kel Elyon. Kel Elyon is supreme. The Avamos. If Hashem wants something, nothing can prevent it happening. And therefore, if we have, if we dive in, we have a certain bitachan in Tvila, and that is that if, if Hashem is going to agree, nothing in the world can change that. This is the Gemara. The Gemara says, Rasim when a person davens, he should be happy. Why? Because he's davening to the supreme power. There's nothing like that. And therefore, it's not like I'm asking someone for a favor and it can be overruled. It's not like I'm getting something which a higher force can, can veto. Or you know, I'm speaking to a malach who can provide something and Hashem can stop him. I'm speaking to Hashem himself. And if that's the case, this is the Kel Elyon. There's nothing higher. If Hashem agrees to the Tefillah, so I'm guaranteed it's going to happen. That's the first step we need for Bitachan and Tefillah. And we said, of course, we have to know that Hashem wants to help us, which we're going to say next, Agadol, Hashem wants to help us. We're going to say, Hashem has the ability to help us, that's Agibor. But the first point is, nothing can stop him. He's a Kel Elyon. He's a Kel Elyon. And therefore, this is the Tefillah which is to the highest authority. And if HaKadosh Baruch agrees to that Tefillah, then, uh, then, we, then we can be Bateh. Nothing in the world can change that. But uh, what is Zara's meaning? They... They can manipulate whatever Kaifists are using that have to then listen to him, and Hashem can stop it by us. We can't manipulate Hashem to have to listen to us. 100 percent That's the point. We're asking Hashem, not manipulating anything. But the matter of the Tabinik is that if Akadish Baruch agrees, then we guarantee. We always have stories in Chazals that the Malachim come and complain to Hashem, how could we do this? Does Hashem ever listen to them? Sometimes, not often. But even then it's norm- it's not normally as a result of Tfilah. It's normally that when, when, when Hashem once was shaykh do a certain thing, and then the Malachim came to present the other side. And the Gemara says normally HaKadosh Baruch doesn't. There was one case where Hashem listened to Malachim. By the Chorban of the But uh, that, that, even then it wasn't because Klai Shal Davin. It was because there was a certain shikul of Midas Sadin, and the Malachim Mechriya that it was causing Chil Hashem, so Hashem changed the, the Psaq. But uh, when Hashem decides to listen to a Tzvira, so nothing will change that. They don't. Malachim would never go against Hashem. It's not that Malach chooses to do something. Uh, it, they can steal from Malachim. Or, can get, or can, they can force Malachim to do certain things. It wasn't that the Malachim who wanted to disobey Hashem. Okay, but that's, like I said, that's for the same time. We'll discuss the Vedas We can discuss what they did and how, they, how it worked. The only thing I was trying to explain is the difference of what the, the Muslim of we have. We said we're having to kill Elyon to the, 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 the supreme, the highest uh, power, and therefore no, no, nothing can argue with it. That's, that's, uh, that's the Haqtamut, what we call the Bitaqan Nintfila. The Bitaqan Nintfila is, uh, like we brought the Gemara before, a person davens is with uh, that you have an opportunity to daven to the Kel Sha'en Kamoyu, which means that if I'm going to daven and Hashem is listening to my Tfila, then I'm guaranteed that 
Nothing can, nothing else can be affected over here. The more a person works in that pitachon and tefillah, the more the tefillah gets accepted. The more the tefillah gets accepted, and this is the mafresh gemara. The gemara shoshan and dafid zayin b'alif. The gemara says you have two people who get sick with the same illness, and two, they lie next to each other, side by side, in the same ward, and the one recovers, and the other one succumbs. And the gemara asks, why? Why did this one recover and this one die? They had the same illness. And the Gemara's answer is because this one davened the Tefillah Shlema and this one didn't daven the Tefillah Shlema. And some of the Gemara says you can have two people who are languishing in jail and they have the same uh, accusation against them. They're accused of doing the same thing. And the one is going to be acquitted and the other one's going to get hung. And the Gemara says, why? They were, they were both there, so to speak, on the same charges. So why do one get let out and the other one not? And the Gemara says the same answer. And what does it mean? What's a Tfilish Lehma? They're both going to daven. And the Gemara doesn't say the one daven and the one didn't. On the contrary, the Gemara says they're sure they're going to both daven. They both realize the lambs in the land. But one daven is a Tfilish Lehma. What, what makes something a Tfilish Lehma more than the other one? So, let's elaborate just for a moment to explain the difference. No, no, no. Imagine a person who's just got a, no, wasn't feeling well, for tests, the doctor sent him for scans, calls him to the office and says, listen, I'm sorry, I have to tell you the bad news. Yes, you have a cancer which is spread through the body. There's no medical treatment for you. We don't give you more than two or three weeks, so enjoy the last few days you have. I'm really sorry to break the news to you. What's the person that might have going to do? So you have three options. You'll get that person who will be misyash. Give up. Just lie in bed and complete depression until he dies. You get the person who says, "No, it will, whatever, it will, it will live him up to act." And okay, so medicine. You didn't have an answer. No problem. I'm going to look at anyone else in the world. I'm going to try Chinese medicine. I'm going to try acupuncture. I'm going to drink lemon juice, and I'm going to eat these leaves and do this treatment and everything else. And of course, I'm going to give money to Amoka and to Karastir and anybody else in the world. And I'll do forty days here and forty days there. If he has forty days and everything, I won't try anything you suggest. That's the second option. They're both wrong. And the one's not going to have more than the other one. Why? Because the one person is, is misyash and gives up. The other person, Be'etzem, is, is grasping with every straw that they can, he can. And if that's the case, there's no pitachon. He's not, he's not relying on anything to help. I'll just try anything possible because maybe something will. So anything you suggest to me, I'll try. You tell me to dive on daven too. But that's not because I have pitachon in it. It's just because I'm desperate. The Be'etayach response will be, Doctor, thank you very much. And I want to think it's nothing to do with you. Doctors don't decide life. Hashem does. So if you can't treat me, that's okay. So you can't. Hashem can. And I'm going to focus on one thing only. And I'm going to focus on davening. And I'm going to focus on davening knowing that this is what makes a difference. Not the doctor and not the scans and not anything else. Only davening. That's called a tefillah shlema. A tefillah shlema means a tefillah when there's bitachon in the tefillah. When a person does things with just without without bitachan in it, but that's just because I'm out of desperation, then there isn't, it's missing a crucial element of tefillah. And the crucial element of tefillah is that, is, that I have, I'm relying on the, the fact that Hashem listens to tefillah. Relying on that means I'm not trying everything under the sun in this too. Relying on it means that I'm relying that this is what makes the difference. And if I'm not wasting my time with other things. Now, if there's a normal treatment to do, then I form the get of Ishtadlus, that's a different discussion. But to do any crazy option which comes up is not Ishtadlus. If that's the case, it's just, it's just a lack of bitachon. It shows I'm not relying on, on the davening. And the same thing 
when it comes to the second case, like Gemara said. You have two people who are in jail. They're both facing charges. They both know, especially in the times of the Gemara, the, the Roman justice system, they could get killed for this. So what are they doing? So again, you can get the guy who just gives up. What can I do? I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm going to get killed for nothing. I just give up. You'll get the person who tries everything. I can try to bribe the guy. Judges bribe the guards. Find somebody to pay him, uh, this person to speak up for me. That person to go and try this and try that. And of course, give money to stock and try diving also. But again, it's not coming from a place where the person has bitachin in the davening. It's coming from desperation. What's the, what's the correct approach? You understand? That the shayfet emes is Hashem, not the judge. And if that's the case, if I'm going to daven and I'm going to rain a Kaddish to to save me, then he'll organize how he's going to do it. He'll organize how he's going to do it. That's called a Tefillah Shleima. And that's what the Gemara says. You can have two people in the same Atzif. And the one gets survives, and the other one doesn't. The one gets saved, the other one gets killed. It's because there is part of Tefillah Shleima. And Tefillah Shleima means that when I daven, I have Bitochen in the Tefillah. I'm relying that this is what's going to help because I'm relying on Hashem to help me. And that the more we have Bitochen in Tefillah, the more Tefillah is effective. And that's how we start. Hakel. Hakel, Hashem, you're the power. You're the only one who's going to decide and no one else can decide differently. And that makes a Bitochen in Tefillah. And the best one I just said, I want to share with you a great story. I want to share with you a great story. It happened here in Aristotle not long ago. There's a guy in Ashtad, Ingerman, he had a sideline business he used to do at night, whatever it was. And one day the income tax people came down and they confiscated all his books and his computer and everything else. So we have a business, we want to check if you always declare taxes properly or not. Yes, no, whatever it is. And uh, okay, so that's what they did. And a month later, they came back and said, you see that you forgot to declare this and forgot to declare that, and we're going to, pro- we're going to, be t- we're going to prosecute you. You're facing charges of however much they thought you owed, plus a fine of half a million shekels, plus double this, a million shekels. We're we, we, we prosecuting for That's uh, Okay, they set a date for a court case, and this guy thinks, oh, a lot of money, what am I going to do? So he starts to think, you know, I have a cousin who works in politics, and he knows somebody who knows this minister, so I'll call a cousin to ask his friend to ask the guy, maybe you can like, say, put in a good word for me somewhere. And he thinks, you know, I should hire a lawyer who's got the best reputation of dealing with this kind of tax evasion cases. So he called up the lawyer and said, like, the guy wants a retainer of 20,000 shekels, trying to organize it for you. And he's like, trying to think of what else he can do, who else knows somebody who might help him. And at some stage, he'll stop, think, one second, what am I doing? None of these things are guaranteed to help anyway. So, Betsam, why, why am I wasting my time with this? He wanted to dive in, but he felt guilty. So I'm diving in after I've already tried to use this guy's protection, pay this guy's a lawyer, whatever it is. I don't feel that's all right to dive in. So he calls up the cousin's friend and says, listen, uh, thank you for wanting to help me. I changed my mind. Please don't speak to me. I don't, I don't need the help. He called the lawyer and he said, yeah, and I took you for the case. I've changed my mind. I don't need you anymore. I'm, I'll decide to represent myself. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. And now after he had cancelled all the various avenues he had tried to use, now he said, Hashem, now I can dive in. Now I've got nothing else to rely on. I've got no friends helping me, and no protector, and no lawyers. Now I'm going to have a property. Because I know Hashem can help. Anyway, there the trial came. And the prosecution presented all the facts to the judge. And told him why this is what he did wrong, and this is what he didn't declare, and this is the stories. And he wanted to give him a, make him pay double and give him a penalty of 500,000 shekels. And the judge says, okay, I'm going to review the case. Come back a few hours later, he summons him back to the courtroom. So he says, okay, this is my judgment picks up his paper, and he says, I've analyzed the case, I've gone through the documents, the prosecution's tainers are correct, 
this person did forget to declare tax in this and this and this point, and uh, are based on the statutory uh, no, limit liability, we can charge him a million shekels fine, and it's based on what he's done wrong, so then, the, then the, the, the judgment should be that this person owes a million shekels. So he's the person, that's my judgment. And he looks at the defendant, and he says, but you look to me like an honest person. So I don't really think you meant to treat the state. So I want to do this, I'm taking this judgment, I'm putting it in the file, I'm writing your name on it. And it's going into the, it's going into the archives of the court. So if you ever come back to this courtroom, you're going to find, when they, you know, as soon as you enter the system, you're going to find this file in the archives, and I'm going to add it to any new claims ever made against you. But if you, I'm, I'm, my suspicions are right that you are an honest person, and you never see this courtroom again, you'll never see that file again either. Case dismissed. And that was unheard of. Unheard of. For a, judgment to, for a judge to rule on a case and decide I'm not going to implement my ruling, it made news. It was an unheard of thing to do. But Hashem can help. But the Nukud is that's the same point. Tvilish Lema. Tvilish Lema means I don't try anything else. I don't try anything else. And when a person relies on Tvilish because Hashem, this is what's going to help. I'm not trying anything else. I don't have other Mahalchim to try. I'm not desperate. I'm doing this because this is the only thing which makes the difference. That's when, Tvila, that's when the Koyach of Tvila is much more powerful. And that's what a person should think every time they start davening. The first word of Tvila, Hakel. Hakel, you are the source of all power. You are the Kel Elion. You are the supreme power, Hashem. What you decide is what happens. And the more that a person thinks about that, that's what's going to transform Tvila. That's what's going to make it into something. And therefore, I'm relying on speaking to you. And as much as Ayub Dabba Yazara could do whatever they could do, whatever, whatever other thing people are allowed, Altif Tukhu, like we said in Psukim, Altif Tukhu Binadevim, Altif Tukhu Ba'adam, Altif Tukhu, don't rely on anything else because there's nothing else to rely on. Hashem is, in, is higher authority and He can overrule that. Even the Ayub Dabba who thought we have it down pat, you know exactly how to bring fire. But Altif Tukhu, because Hashem, well, the time He decides I'm not bringing fire this time, it won't happen. And even those people who thought they have they know how to work the malachim, and we, we can show, we will protect Yerushalayim. We know how to work the malachim. If Hashem doesn't want it to happen, He's going to stop those malachim. The only thing a person can be betayach is, Ashley Adam Oizlebach. The person who is betayach by Hashem, because that's not, there's nothing higher than that. And therefore, if the point of Tzvili is coming from the betayach and Hashem, I'm talking to you because there's no higher authority. And if you decide and that's guaranteed, that's what gives the tefillah its kaiyach. That's what we call the bitachan in tefillah, or what the Gemara calls being inspired by the tefillah shleima. And that's why the tefillah starts with the word akel. Akel, we want that, that the first thing we want to clarify for ourselves when we're starting to daven is that that you're davening to the highest authority. And if the tefillah is accepted, then there's nothing to worry about because nothing can overrule what Hashem wants. So,